Today on ProMum, I'm speaking to um, Emma Stamp. Again, I worked with Emma previously when she was an ECD at Adam and Eve DDB. And I want to find out, as the head of one of the most awarded agencies in the world, what made her decide to jump ship and start writing her own books. Here's Emma. I have the lovely Emma Stamp with me, previously ECD of Adam and Eve DDB and well known for um, the John Lewis Christmas advert, The Long Wait, um, but has now gone on to be um, an author um, for Diary of a Pig and have four books, is Four that? books, four yes. Four books, yep. fifth, fifth in the pipeline. New series in the pipeline. Okay, exciting. <laughs> yes, very exciting. Heard, heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what made you decide to make that leap from, because obviously you were in the amazing yeah. Adam and Eve DDB running the place, which is an amazing achievement. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a few things. I don't think there's ever any one particular reason uh, that you do anything. There's kind of lots of different factors. Um, so, yeah, I had reached the top of a very successful agency and I was working with brilliant people and that was fantastic. But on a personal level, I wasn't really enjoying being a manager. Okay. Um, it didn't really... I'd kind of got into the business because I enjoyed being creative and I was finding that I was spending less time being creative and more time... I was enabling other people to be creative, but that wasn't necessarily personally really satisfying me and I kind of had to recognise that. Um, and I sort of felt that it was unfair for the agency for me to continue on if I felt like that. They deserve better people who were more kind of into that. So that, that was part of it. I just sort of had fallen out of love with the position I was in. Uh, in my personal life, uh, my mother passed away um, a couple of years before we merged. She was very young. She was only 58. And I think that really brought home um, the idea that life might not be that long and at the point I was 38 I think when 39 um I left the industry actually when I was 40 and I just thought well what if I had 18 years left you know um would would I want to be here um and so though yeah so I guess the third reason was that I'd had children or I'd had a child at that point and I felt that I wasn't going to be able to give him the attention that I felt that I would want to if I was in the hours that I was in and I didn't feel or want to ask the agency, you know, to cut me any more slack because, you know, I needed to bring a certain amount of hours to the job. Um, And yeah, and I'd found, uh, fourthly, I guess I'd found a new career that I really loved, felt passionate about and I just felt that if I didn't I'd been offered many. I'd been offered an opportunity. I'd I'd written one book. I'd been given a three book deal, and I knew that to do that to my best of my ability, that I couldn't do it alongside my job. It would be impossible, and I just feared that one day I would look back if I stayed in advertising and think, "What if I'd done that?" And I never wanted to feel "What if." I just I don't think that's ever. I think that's probably the worst thing you can feel in your life is a kind of sense of "What if." So I just thought. You know, I was I was very lucky. I was in financially. I was in this in a position where I could make that decision as well. Um, you know, when people say, "Oh, you know, do you think you know I should do this?" I th- sort of have to think well and say to them, "Well, you know, you have to. You can't step out of a very well paid career and jump into a career that pays a tenth of that unless you have some sort backup, of financial yeah. backup." And I was very lucky. I'd worked in the industry for twenty years, and I had a few pounds in my piggy bank. <laughs> in the diary of pig piggy bank. <laughs> Um, yeah, wow, okay, so that's like quite a journey because yeah. I find it quite interesting in terms of how I think, particularly as women, 
don't want to go there too much, but you there's so much um, emphasis now on climbing that ladder. Yeah. That it's like, like you say, in your own personal experience, you might not actually enjoy that job role, but it's yeah. like, do you go forward forging yeah. it for like women or going like, actually, no, this doesn't make me happy just because this is what everyone says I should be striving yeah. for. I mean, I think I climbed the ladder without even realizing I was climbing the ladder, and I guess, yeah. and I didn't really do it with a sense of sort of feminist sort of gusto no. in mind either. I guess, I mean, I was, I worked with uh, Ben Tollett, so obviously we were a girl boy partnership, um, and we were just really ambitious. So we just wanted to do really brilliant work. That was our kind of like modus around yeah. night. It was just we wanted to do the best work we could. And doing the best work, um, and if you do work that's recognised, then you do climb through the levels and you go sort of junior, mid, midweight, senior, and then you know you want to become a creative director because you know that's that's a role you feel that you kind of a box you want to tick. And then after creative director, you become ECD. And you know, it's I feel very privileged that I got there. But when I got to the top kind of thing, it was that like, oh, I'm not sure that all the money in the world would make me happy with this. And I think the more I was paid, actually, the more I felt uncomfortable because I felt more and more trapped by the sort of like, oh, God, I've got, you know, this is great. But is it really what I want to be doing? And I don't know, that that kind of conflict. That's really good, though. It's good that you kind of made that decision to go, you know what, I'm just going to do what I want to do because I think so many people it took me a year to make the decision Um, I left to go on maternity leave Um, I took a full year the agency was great about that you know there was no problem I took my full year's maternity leave I never felt at any time pressurised by them to come back they never contacted me during that year they never kind of said oh we're in you know we really need you to come it was like they were amazing so I you know hats off that I had no no issues none of those kind of funny pressurised back into work situations um but during that year, I'd kind of thought to myself, I'm not sure what I want to do as I was about to have my child. And then during that year, I wrote a book and read a lot of self-help books, actually. Yeah. I just tried to work out why I wasn't happy and what would make me happy and to try and kind of, yeah, feel... Because I didn't want to... I guess my biggest thing was, was I letting people down? Yeah. You know, that obviously, um, you know, I wanted to do the best by the agency who'd stood by me and kind of made me and allowed me the freedoms that I had um but at the same time I just didn't feel that it was right for me to carry on so yeah it was it wasn't something that I just decided overnight and it had been coming for a long time and like I say the kind of precedent of my mum passing away I think had really opened up a massive door in my head that I was just I just couldn't quite, yeah. I had to find the answers. All those circumstances, all yeah. in one. Is, it's like is, a perfect storm. I don't think anyone, even if they say that they came to a decision really quickly, I think they may feel at the end they did, but there's a huge backstory behind it. It could be basically yeah, most been, of your life. Yeah, <laughs> I always, I mean, I always said jokingly that I would, I would retire at 40. And although I left the industry at 40, I don't feel like I retired. I went to do something else, you know, yeah. bizarrely, just saying that for all my life. Of <laughs> <laughs> completely the opposite, mm. a completely new style mm. almost. Um, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and how did you juggle like writing that first book with obviously because um, you had your first child? Yeah, well, the first you, book so. I actually wrote during working in advertising, so I started writing the first book in 2010. 
Um, so that was while um, very much at the kind of point that Adam and Eve had won John Lewis and we were doing, you know, the first pieces of work for that. So I really did that in my spare time and I never intended for it, for it to get published. It was kind of just a sort of a hobby project that I felt I needed to do because I wasn't being creative. I didn't feel like I was personally being creative enough in my own yeah. job and I wanted just something that I could personally oversee and no clients could get involved with. Um, and it just so happened that friends read it and, you know, the whole blah, blah, blah ended up with the book being published. But then I just, so then for that book, I actually took, I took holiday to write the book. So I would take, you know, a week's holiday and then get all my editor's notes and work on it. And the second book I wrote on maternity leave and I just rocked my son endlessly to sleep. Um, and then wrote as fast as I could and then he would wake up and we'd spend a bit of time together and then I'd be like it's back to bed again so I was lucky that he slept quite well and yeah I just um, I think uh, I think I had I did the rocking and sleeping till six months when it became apparent that he wasn't going to be rocked and sleep that much more and I've got a feeling I can't remember I think then once or twice a week I had I did a nanny share with a friend and she would take him out so that I could work so um, you know, I was, I guess, I, I guess actually looking back on it, I'd kind of gone back to work, but in a different profession. But, you know, so I was, you know, I was writing whilst he was, yeah, being taken out and rocked by someone else. <laughs> so, because how long was there, because um, I'm guessing there was a, a, a time period where you was back at yes. WDDB, you did have a son and you was writing a yeah, book yeah, yeah. at the same time like what yeah what so um, like? I went back three days a week so I okay. took my year and then I went back three days a week and they were fine about that so yeah so I had um, I can't actually remember god it's really weird to, yeah I would work three days and I had to leave at 5.30 to go and pick them up from nursery so they were quite short days um, well, they're short in advertising terms. I was going to say five thirty, very it's short day. Till five thirty, or yeah. eight till five thirty, and everyone else is like, "Oh, you've done an extra hour in the morning." Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I had when I had Thursday and Friday. I've got a feeling that I had. Was he in nursery? He was. I don't know. I can't remember. I think I had one day with him, and then one day that someone looked after him, so I could write. So I think I was writing one day a week, and then I just write in the evenings. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how I did that. It's <laughs> it amazing. Happened. It it's happened amazing. somehow. But I think I think having the kind of rigor that, that having an advertising career, the kind of work ethic that advertising had instilled in me, meant that um, I wasn't shy about spending my evenings working, or yeah. you know, I would work whenever I could, whenever I had a minute. And then when I did work, it was kind of like with a ferocious pace. <laughs> I didn't stop and like look at social media or anything. It was just like head down work 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 and I guess as well did you did you get to try it out on your son like you could like yeah. try it and just be like what do he you was, do this yeah, he was too little um at the time I did I did try and get my stepchildren to read it but they were kind of like reticent I think because I'd written it it's a strange thing yeah. that seems to happen with your children if you've written something they're not so keen to read it um but yeah I'm looking forward to him reading it actually uh, he will be able to in a couple of years so yeah I'll see you know, maybe I'll just not tell I won't tell him that I wrote it I'll just see if he <laughs> <Yeah>. likes it <laughs> just, just now it's an actual fully fledged book yeah. you'll just be like and there's this book yeah exactly what do we think <laughs> um, so I was going to ask if you like do you feel like having children has almost helped you in terms of your creativity so in writing yeah yeah well I mean I guess I mean I wrote the, the first I wrote the whole series the first the series the, 
the pig diaries in a in a sort of vacuum without children so in a sense I think that I probably am just very childish and my stepdaughter is always offering plot solutions and suggestions which I'm always a bit like I'm not sure about <laughs> but um actually I guess I go into schools and chat with kids in school, so I've learned quite a lot through them, not my children. But as my children uh, have got older and I've been reading them picture books, I definitely have learned a lot about picture book writing and I now have a picture book deal. So I've got a two-book picture book deal which will come out in, that'll come out in 2020. And that has been really helpful, actually, in understanding how younger children look at books. I'm not sure I could have written a picture book without not, not getting it spot on in any case, without understanding how... They've actually how children connect with those books and yeah. how the kind of obviously because they can't read the words how important the pictures are. So if you're a writer, writing words that allow the illustrator to visualise that, you know, little things like that. My children have really helped me understand. Yeah. Um, so we've obviously discussed that you've taken your full maternity leave, mm. um, but would you say that you owed your success to any particular? schedule like when you first um decided to have children did you visualize like a certain schedule that you would have to fit in or was it just like I'm just doing this and what will happen yeah no I never had a master plan (laughs) it was it was kind of like I don't know I think that you can have the best laid plans and they'll all go awry I kind of felt my way through it because I wasn't really sure I wasn't sure when I'd had children how I would feel about um you know you know how much time ultimately I felt that I could spend away from them or spend with them yeah um so I kind of had to understand that and actually you know you sort of have a baby and think oh my god I want to spend all my working moments with this living moments with this baby and then I soon realized that no actually I didn't and it's kind of interesting I think I was chatting to someone the other day a sort of high-flying barrister and she was saying she finds it frustrating because she doesn't define herself by her children. She her job is what defines her, and you know. And then she says, "Then it's my job, and then it's the children." Yeah. Um, and that men never have to, to to put it that way. If a man says that his work comes first, everyone would assume that that's what comes first. You know, of course yeah. your work comes first, and your children, if you have them, would come be second to that. Um, and I think actually, ultimately, I am defined by my work, and my children come second. Not that. You know that means I love them any less, but that's kind of like I'm a working mother. Yeah. And you know, if I, you know, I don't feel comfortable just doing a hundred percent childcare. It would drive me mad. Some people can do it. I can't. It's not. So I guess I, you know, I didn't know how I'd feel about it, and I discovered that sort of quite quickly, which was that, um, you know, I love having children, and I love the time not having children. <laughs> yeah, you need that other purpose, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And, and that break, so that. You know, and a different conversation, I guess. Yeah. How do you um, find that? Because obviously, as an author, I'm guessing you're going to like meetings with other people and stuff. But I guess there's quite a lot of time yeah. to spend on your own as well. Yeah, like, I really do you find that difficult. Or? No, strangely not. It's a question I've been asked quite a lot actually, because I think being in advertising is such a social yeah. situation, and then yeah. not being there. I think the the assumption was that I would yeah miss everyone, but I think ultimately I'm quite hermity. And I would quite, I quite happily would spend very little time. Yeah. The contact is kind of strange. I'm, I'm very happy in my own space. And then bizarrely, actually, when I 
when I leave it and I go off and do things, I'm always like surprised how happy I am. I'm like, oh, actually, I'm out, and this is nice as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I go and see my editor. I have contact with my agent. I have author friends that I see in the area. I mean, I'm much more involved in my neighbourhood now because I'm not commuting out to go to work. So. There, I yeah, I live in Crouch End, and it turns out there's a lot of authors that live in Crouch End too. So I, you know, I bump into people when I'm working in the library, and then you know, obviously the children give you a social life as well because you're, you know, meeting, meeting people, yeah. play dates, blah 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 blah. So I kind of, I have daily social interaction, but I don't crave it either. I don't, and I also don't like people interrupting me. I guess perhaps that's why, ultimately, being an ECD didn't really suit me because. I don't like people bothering me and asking me to have meetings and I actually quite like just get it I just want to get on with it yeah um so I kind of feel like when I'm writing I really just want to get on with it and I don't want any other distraction I quite often forget to eat so. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things isn't it and you've I suppose in a world where you've been in advertising where there's someone always to say no yeah. and to argue with your ideas and you can just be like oh I ask myself and yeah. I say yes that's a great idea like, yeah, no yeah, one to... yeah. and then yeah I, I get that to a point and then my editor says no that's not a good idea or, um, yeah so I guess actually I do sort of miss sometimes having that voice to talk to and I do talk to myself I'm not verb like out loud yeah. but I kind of like I, in my head I kind of always question what I'm doing but I've kind of it takes a while to get used to it and then you stop questioning everyone else and start to believe that you do know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and so you were saying that you had decided to have children a little bit later. Was that yeah. like, was that a plan? Like, did you always know that you wanted children? No, I really didn't want children. Um, and I only had children because I felt I'd met the right person and wanted to have children with him. So I'd, I'd never really sort of thought, oh, I'm holding off having kids, I'm holding off having kids because I wasn't in relationships with anyone that I wanted to have children with. Um, So I just didn't think about it. Um, It was never something I really considered. And yeah, until I was 38 when I had Willem. Um, And it, it was just at the point in my life where I thought, I feel that I'm in a position that I'm with somebody I want to have a child with. And that actually, yeah, it's a good time. I, I mean, I don't know if there's ever a good time yeah. or a bad time, particularly. But for me, I couldn't. If I had a child earlier, I wouldn't be with the. I wouldn't be with his father anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. No, that's that's really good that you've um, that you've just kind of done your own thing, mm. and not like conformed to what everyone else. No, because I, I didn't. I don't think I did want children yeah. when I was younger. I always was like, no, I don't want children. And my husband is still like, but you said you didn't want children, now we have two. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> happened. <laughs> um, so would you say that that um, partnership is equal in terms of like looking after the children? Yeah, it is now. Um, Adam used to be a creative director, um, you know, in a very similar role to myself. And when I first... Um, left and was authoring he was still a creative director and there was a total imbalance so um, you know he had to, he was never sort of home in time to help cook them dinner or you know he would try he would struggle to get back yeah. in time to kind of like get them to bed and stuff so and that that routine although it sounds lovely is actually quite tedious day after day yeah um and then, so we, I, we kind of sat down and had a serious chat and said, look, I have a life that allows me freedoms. You have a life that basically hardly allows you any freedom at all. He did take, he took three months paternity leave when 
our daughter was born. Or maybe it was when... I can't remember. This is all, like, scrambling my head. <laughs> anyway, he took... So he took three months off, and we kind of had a big chat about, basically, work-life balance and how we could make it work better. And... Again, you know, we were lucky that we were in a financial position and he'd kind of decided that he wanted to kind of pursue a slightly different freelance career. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he quit and he's kind of set himself up and he's been doing that for a year now, very successfully. And, yeah, so now we pretty much have parity. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, we both, we're always both at home in the evenings, yeah. um, both in the mornings to get the kids up. Um, and then we kind of share it the only rule is that because I don't have deadlines like he does so the work he does he's working directly with production companies now he often will have to deliver work in two days and if that happens my deadlines are so wafty in publishing it's like whenever so when that when that happens then I will take on the bulk of the childcare but when he's not working then he takes the kids which has made a huge difference actually to me and to the children because they have like I think probably a stronger relationship with him because they see him all the time. Like my daughter's two, and she's the only word she will say is "daddy." Even I am daddy, but I'm sure that's actually because she's seen a lot more of him than she would have done normally. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and so, would you say that you feel like you're um, getting along with your books more now because there's more of an equal share? Or yeah, I think so. I mean, it just it actually means that. Um, my children have to be in childcare a bit less. Yeah. Because to be brutally honest, in order to work and with Adam working full time in an agency, I just piled them into nursery. Yeah. Um and so and now actually so that was fine. Nursery's brilliant. You don't have to pick your children up till five thirty if you don't want to or um, whatever time. But school actually you do have to pick them up early, which is a bit of a drag. Um could you stay in nursery? I know, exactly. I'm like this this was great, although it's like paying for a child to go to Eton when they're two the same money um yeah school is a little bit problematic more problematic so actually yeah it's meant that I can work and also have time with them it's given so you know I don't have to always feel like oh my god like I need to be you know Adam can do the pickup so I can continue working yeah um so that's been helpful yeah because did you ever you mentioned that at one point you had like a nanny yeah so I did a nanny share during the time I was on my first maternity leave and that was kind of like yeah just a kind of I think it was one day a week or something but it is childcare is really expensive yeah Um, you know and and it was yeah I don't know I wasn't sure that I wanted someone around my house with me as well yeah that gets a bit awkward (laughs) but also who do you how do you decide to look after your children like I've had other conversations with people and they're like it's obviously really stressful because you have a meeting with someone and you're like oh yeah yeah you're great and then you see them with your children and you're like mm, no yeah. I'm not leaving you with my children like no. you're a great person with adults but you're not a children person like you literally are just hoping that yeah, yeah that obviously with all the right documentation <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that as well I was just lucky the nursery is literally across the road from my house so oh, it was kind perfect. of a no-brainer. Yeah, and you know that if all of a sudden you was like, you know what, no, I'm, I'm not getting anywhere today, I just want yeah. to spend some time with my yeah, children, yeah, and then you run across the road <laughs> and yeah. be like, okay, give my children back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess this isn't really relevant to you, because I was going to say, have you ever been to an interview when you was, I suppose, before you got to um, Adam mm. and Eve, 
where you felt like you were being questioned potentially like are you thinking about having children no no one ever like asked that. that question and perhaps they you know I, I have no idea perhaps in the back of their heads they were thinking yeah what's her plan but no nobody's ever nobody ever asked me and we never didn't get a job that we really wanted so yeah I, um, yeah no I think it's outrageous that that happens but no it didn't happen to me do you think that is partly because you were working with Ben so perhaps I, I honestly don't know I mean I'd have to go back and ask the people who were hiring us and they were actually all men um, yeah I don't know perhaps they were just forward and like thinking and yeah. didn't consider it a problem you know and because I was working with Ben then obviously you know if I went away and it was what happened you know I went on maternity leave and yeah. Ben continued on and ran the ship and won a can gold so you know I was like he was what quite was capable like without me <laughs> I was very happy for him I have to say but then at the same time like oh. <laughs> um, and what about in terms of like have you ever felt when you were hiring someone that they seem to be holding themselves back like I've heard another story recently of um, a woman that's gone to 72 and sunny and she was kind of like oh I'm pregnant but it's like that could potentially still fall through. Yeah. I could go for this job, that could potentially still fall through. I'm just going to go for it and see where I get to. And obviously it did start going really well. And it's yeah. like, at what point do I tell them yeah, I'm I... pregnant? Um, have you ever felt like you've interviewed anyone like that? Or... No, no. I never had... I don't know. It, it never, I don't know. It's funny. It would never have crossed my mind no. either. Um, it's really strange, isn't it? Because like some people you speak to and it's just like... No, like it's fine. Never yeah. affected me whatsoever. And then it affects other people, and it like it really, really does yeah. affect them. I it's think really I was strange. just. It just didn't happen to me in my career, so I kind of feel like I just don't have. I can't comment on it. It wasn't something that yeah. I considered, or you know, just didn't touch me. Yeah. Um, would you say you've had to make any sacrifices in terms of um, your work for your children? Uh, no, my children have made sacrifices for my work. <laughs> They've spent a lot of time in nursery. No, no, no. I always kind of, I've always been like completely at peace with how I've run it. And but I do, I do think that if I'd continued working in advertising, then that may have happened. I mean, I was three, like I say, I was three days a week, and I did that. And then I, you know, I could definitely feel that I was wanted back more, yeah. understandably, clearly it's me. Yeah. No, but I could feel, you know, and I just didn't feel that was something I was comfortable with. And, you know, I'd already made the decision that I, you know, I, I wasn't going to continue on. Um, so whether if I'd stayed in the industry, I think then perhaps I may have struggled with yeah. that balance. I could kind of feel, yeah, you know, if I kind of um, rushing if I have to I would have, if I'd stayed working in advertising I would have had to get a nanny I would have had to have someone who'd done the kids pick up I mean especially school you can't stop it, it my son needs to be picked up at 310 I mean you know by the time I, you actually get there and yeah. yeah and even if he if I put him into after school clubs I still wouldn't be home by 530 to pick him up so I would have had to have extra care um, top up care and then I think it would have started to bother me but you know like I say I didn't I'd I get to that stage. I didn't get to that stage, so I always feel like I've been very happy with my balance with my time with them and Yeah, that's really good. Do you think having children is the biggest thing potentially holding women back in their careers still? Um God, that's a really tricky question to answer. Um 
Sorry, I put you on the spot. No, there. <laughs> I think I could see that if I had, I could. So for, I, all I can look at is my career, I guess, and then sort of say if I'd had children earlier, it would have affected my career. And at certain points, yes, I think it would have done. Um, because I wanted to take a year's maternity leave. Um, I don't. I guess when I was younger, it was quite weird. Actually, when I was kind of in my late twenties, I, I was like, oh, if I ever have children, I'll just take six months and I'll just go straight back to work. I can't imagine that I'd want to spend any more time. And then as soon as you have children, well, personally, when I had children, I realised that I didn't want to spend six months. It would have been too early for me to go back to work. Um, but uh, yes, so I think that if I had had children, say in my you know, late 20s, early 30s, when Ben and I were kind of transitioning up through kind of middle weight into senior teams and really making the, the work and the decisions that got us ultimately to the top. Yeah. I think if I had stopped and taken the year out um, at that point, it would have probably been, I, I believe, probably detrimental to our career. I mean, like I said, Ben is very capable and, you know, when I was on maternity leave, I did some of the best work we ever did. So, um, you know, there's every possibility that he could have towed the line. But I also think I would have put a lot of pressure on him as well. And I've, I personally would have felt that was unfair yeah. at that stage to put someone else under that pressure and say, hey, I'm going to leave him for a year. And you just get on with progressing our career. And when I come back, I'll just slot in. And then obviously going back to work, I wouldn't, I know that I wouldn't have wanted to work full, full time. And, you know, to get where we did in our career, we had to work really hard. And, yeah. you know, we worked late nights and we worked weekends and that suited me fine because I didn't have children I didn't have that kind of um that want to leave you know when we started Adam and Eve Adam and Eve was like having a baby and you know you were basically sort of nourishing this child this weird advertising agency (laughs) child you know trying to um grow it into a beast of a of a man which has turned into um so, yeah, all I can reflect on is my career and say, yes, if I had had children earlier on, I'm not sure that my career would have followed the same path. That, but to say that, it doesn't mean that necessarily I wouldn't have been as happy. Yeah. It would have taken a different path. And because I didn't walk that path, I can't tell you whether that would have been different great, different, not, different yeah. good, different bad. It would have probably been different kind of the same. I probably wouldn't have been in a financial position to then stop work and become an author. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows what might have happened. Kind of worked out perfectly. Really. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of all serendipitous and it's worked fine. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't, I would, I don't envy anyone who's sort of at that kind of point in their career where they're thinking, oh, I, that I'm really sort of, I'm really starting to make it in my advertising career, but I really want children as well. I think that's yeah. quite a different, difficult decision to make. Um, but it depends, I guess, whether, you know, you can split your paternity leave now. Yeah, maternity, paternity. It's, um, it doesn't have to be. It depends how, what your partner feels about that. Yeah, and I'm guessing Ben didn't have. Did Ben have children? Yeah, Ben or? had children earlier than I did actually. Okay. So I mean, his boy now is ten. So he must have had him in 2008. So yeah, he had he had his first child actually just as we moved to Adam and Eve. That's it. So yeah, we we made that move, and he'd had his son. Um, and that was an impossible move. I couldn't have made that move yeah. and having a baby. So, yeah, he had children much earlier than I did. And um, did you note that he kind of struggled with that? Because, like, on the one hand, obviously, I'm speaking to women, but also I believe it's important to speak to men yeah. as well because they feel that, like you said, that at the other end of the spectrum, they have to be in a career and that's what they should be doing because they have to be the breadwinner. Like, yeah, it's I like, think... well, no, like, you should be able to... yeah. 
I say think, I'm leaving a meeting because I'm going to see my children as a man. Like I think Ben, if he's struggled with any of it, was that is more about he's you know the financial burden of taking care of his children falls more on him than it does on his wife. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you'd, you'd have to ask him. But no, I don't. He, I mean, he had a very supportive wife, and so she, you know, took the burden of childcare. Yeah. And you know, we were. I think at that point we were so driven by what we were trying to do. I don't know what was going on in his head. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of pushes you forward, yeah. doesn't it? And you just don't even, like, say, you just don't even think about it. You're just no. doing it, and you're going, yeah. and you're making it work because that's what you have to do and yeah exactly arguably that's when he made his best work so you'd say yeah. that children was the best thing for him yeah, at that yeah point. It, gives you, it definitely gives you a focus having children because you've got that financial focus of you obviously want you need to take care of them financially and also i think once you've had children you also i don't know it gives you a clearer sense of um i don't suffer fools anymore it's weird actually once you kind of have children and you kind of realize that you have other dependents on you I don't know, I just, now I'm just like, you know, if I don't want to do something, I don't do it. If I, I don't kind of just, like, cover it in politeness. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know, but it was before, it was always like, oh, yeah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose as well, you have to become more efficient. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah, yeah, totally, yes. That's very true, efficient. actually, it's a good point. Yeah, my I am much more time efficient now, and it's literally, you know, because I have the deadlines of pickups and stuff, it's, you know, I just plot out my day and hours. It's like, yeah, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and this has to happen and that has to happen. So, you know, I can't it's like just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a long lunch. It's like, no, that doesn't happen yeah. if I want to get my work done. Would you almost say that you're busier now than when you was in advertising because you're having to make such a strict schedule, but it yeah. is all over the place? And so I think physically I'm busier. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not just sitting at my desk. There was, I think... Um, I think in advertising there's great periods of sitting and procrastinating, which I'm not sure is actually the most efficient way of working. I'm not sure if you if you plotted out my day in advertising how if I was like the most effective during that whole day because yeah. you kind of get a lull, there's not much happening, you're just thinking and maybe you're just thinking and the computer's just in front of you and you end up like looking something up and it's gonna so uh, I feel now my days are really efficient and uh, you know I'm like right I'm going here then I'm going there and then I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm not just sitting down either so I'm physically moving around yeah um, and and when I'm working when I am writing I'm literally I'm writing without stop without pause which is why I say I like often miss lunch because I just feel like I've got these like three hours and then after that, I know there's, it's not like, it's kind of like, oh, I have to, I could maybe like do a bit more. I can't because my son's coming home and it's impossible to work with a four and a half year old who wants to play trains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So yeah, I'm much more effective, I think. Um, and yeah, than I possibly was in advertising in terms of just in, a, in a, like a sort of, if I'd been that, if I'd worked as hard as I do in those three hours when I write constantly, I mean, I'd have been exhausted. That would have been, ten, I mean, I couldn't do 10 hours. And I've come to realise, actually, writing's taught me that um, you can't actually work for 10 hours and be effective all of the time. So I never even try. There's no point. I get yeah. exhausted, actually. I think I can do about three or four hours, and then that's that's it. I'm yeah. just like, I'm done. I need to go away and think about it. And I don't think sometimes advertising just gives you the time. It can't, because there's so much pressure to deliver. You don't have time to go, I'm just going to spend a week thinking whether that really was the best thing I've written. Yeah, because there's always a deadline and there's yeah. always someone overhanging you. Yeah. Almost being, you almost feel guilty sometimes, don't you? You're like, oh, I'm, I'm 
having five minutes over here, but really I should, you know, yeah. I should still be thinking. Well, it's that idea. They've not got the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. yet. And it's like, like you say, some of your best ideas are like when you're in the shower. Or... Well, totally. And I kind of feel like if I if I get really stuck, I just go out for a long walk, and that walk could take me twenty minutes, or I could take it for two hours if I want because I don't feel like I have anyone saying, "Where's Emma? Why isn't she yeah. around? We broke up this meeting." Blah blah blah. So yeah, you're your own boss. <laughs> I am my own boss. Pretty scary boss. Sometimes it can be worse as well, can't it? Because you end up being yeah harder well, on yourself. On my, I mean, to give you an idea of what being the ever being your boss is like, <laughs> um, I gave myself twelve weeks maternity leave with my second child. So okay. So I took a year. You know, although I took a year with my son, and I worked in that time. Um, I did do a lot more kind of going to baby groups with him. But um, yeah, with Jamie, bless her. Um, I just thought, right, I'll give, I'll do twelve weeks because that's about the time it'll take me to kind of recover from giving birth and doing all the sort of things you need to do with a baby. Um, and then I basically went back to work. Although I know I, I was still caring for her, um, but um, I can't actually remember how I did it. She sli- <laughs> she sleeps a lot, which is a blessing. Um, but yeah, I started pretty much working as much as I could and every time she napped, I guess the same with Willem. Um, but yeah, I didn't put her into nursery for a year. I gave her that much. Yeah. Do you think it's because you'd learnt so much from Willem that you was like, I know how to handle this? Yeah. I've I've almost got my, I mean, you never know because every child's different, aren't they? But you felt like you kind of found your stride in that. Yeah. And and I'd learnt how to write in short periods of time and actually realised that the kind of fallacy that I felt I needed a full day to be creative isn't actually the case. And yeah, that you needed but, those natural breaks. And yeah, sometimes they you're do. Just like, yes, they cried. I no, no, break. it really yeah. is. Sometimes I am like, will you just hurry up and wake up because I've really had enough of this now. But yeah. I feel like because you're asleep, I should carry on working. And so yeah, it does. I think it really does help having those distractions because I would otherwise just disappear into my own hole and not come out for days. <laughs> <laughs> But if that's where you're happy, then yeah. that's a good place yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you give to a, like, a new mum now who's maybe wanting to leave advertising and start their own creative venture into something else? What's the best bit of um, Too much of a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. Yeah, do it. I mean, just, yeah. Recognise what you're going to lose um, and recognise what you're going to gain. I guess when I say recognise what you're going to lose, you know, you're, it's that camera, it's whatever you're doing now, that, that changes. And then obviously financially, you know, you've got the pressure and it just depends where you are and, you know, whether you can make it work. But I would always say you'll never, I don't think you'll regret doing anything. You know, if you do it to your best, if you do something to the best of your ability, you'll never regret doing it. Yeah. Um, but I can't comment on, everyone's situation is different. Every, everyone's individual and... Yeah. Um, I think if you really want to do something, you'll do it. And if you really want to do something, you should do it. Yeah. And would you say, a bit like yourself, like it's almost to test how much you want to do it, you almost need to incrementally, so maybe like go down to three days or you yeah. know, take off a week and see whether you can actually handle a whole week of yeah, just being yeah. at your own devices? Yeah, and... totally. I mean, I really had to... It, it, being an author wasn't just like, oh, and then I'm just like being an author. I had to really learn how and what that felt like so I did actually you're right I, you know the weeks that I took off to write I was using them as a test bed to see how I felt about that and how I felt about being away from you know the a job that you know essentially I did love and I love being with the people and yeah um 
so yeah you, I, you, know, you have to yeah if you, if you if you can buy yourself the space to kind of work out what it is you want to do and how you want to do it I think that's all the better and also I don't know I mean I think the mark I don't know I'm very much away from advertising now you know I, I don't follow it or have anything to do with it really but but my understanding from what little I hear is that it's you know the freelance market is uh, is much more buoyant than it was so I think perhaps there's more opportunity if you're thinking I don't want to go back to work full-time but I don't think that the job I'm in is going to be particularly happy and you know there's always that I think if you're and if you're a good creative you'll always find some work you know yeah. so I always felt like I mean everyone said to me it's okay you can go and do it because you know if all else fails you'll always get a job and in my head I was thinking but I don't ever want to work in advertising again <laughs> but the truth was that yeah if if it had all gone tits up and I yeah. really felt like I didn't want to do the job or I couldn't I didn't have the money to fund myself to be a writer then yeah I could have gone back in and yeah. I'd have gone freelance and made a few bob and then milked the advertising cow because <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because obviously quite a few people say to kind of build yourself up so that you are indefensible and that you like mm. everyone wants you um, how would you so for instance now obviously in terms of awards and things the market's slightly changing in that so mm. like publicist group for instance are having a break from even entering awards so right, okay. even if you do something yeah. you can't get awarded for it if it's not been entered mm. obviously there's a lot of scams yeah. in trees now yeah. always yeah. has been always will be um, so and obviously it's quite an oversaturated market there's just so yeah. many things isn't there Would you? what would you say people could be doing um uh, even if they're necessarily like not getting awards what's their kind of like I honestly it's a really hard question I mean I think I think even you know let's say you know when I was in a sort of junior middleweight position how many years ago was that we're talking about you know mid-2000s it was a very different market to how it is now it was crazy you know campaign magazine was a magazine for a start um it was creatives that were on the front page it was they were kind of like football stars the big ones it was like where they were going so you as a creative you had a very different profile it was like if you were a star creative and you got on the front page of campaign everyone knew who you were you know it was creatives driving advertising and i think that I think in the sort of 10 years since, well, it would have been more than 10 years, 15, 10, 12 years, that's changed dramatically. And I don't know how I could advise someone now because I think it's a very different playing field and I'm not sure how, how as a creative you get yourself noticed. I think you just do the best work you can and yeah. you hope someone notices you. And I guess perhaps you have to be better at your own self-promotion because you haven't got campaign, you haven't got the awards promoting you. So yeah. you're going to have to promote yourself more. You know, you're going to have to work out how to get yourself noticed. I guess it's a bit like mother in a way, because they never have like your name on no. the work, do they? But then you know that if you take your portfolio, yeah, and it's got you know IKEA and a few other bits in there, yeah, someone's going to see the actual physical work and go, yeah, we want you. Like, yes, exactly. Um, I guess it's just not all the fame and glory. No, you're not of, getting the gongs. No, and you're not getting. It's not. Um, might, like you said it's more self-promotion and it's more you might have to physically be going to those interviews yourself rather than the phone's ringing yeah. from a headhunter kind of yeah. um, 
scenario. I think doing good work will always win out and will always put you above your peers if your yeah. work is better than them. But I think it's getting increasingly difficult to do good work as well. So I don't yeah. think this is. E- I don't. I'm not sure it was ever easy to do good work. But I think perhaps there were more opportunities um, um, to do that. I just think it's becoming like an oversaturated market. Mm. Everyone's kind of there's a smaller piece of cake, yeah. and everyone's fighting for the same piece of cake. You know, you've you've got all different kinds of levels of agencies now doing it you've got people doing stuff in house yeah, yeah and it's yeah. the questions not what, what's the best we can do who can do it for the cheapest yeah. and yeah. so straight away it's like you're kind of on the back foot so it's kind of working out what can you do for the best idea for the cheapest which in some ways is a brilliant challenge sometimes yeah, but, but it doesn't always no. help um and i guess like you say like self-promotion like what can you do? What's your own passion project that you yeah. can do by yourself that no one can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fiddle with? And mm. you go, this is what I do, and try and self-publish it yourself and get yeah. into Huffington Post and normal people actually looking at it and yeah. just all advertising juries. Um, and what about publishing? Would you say that that's quite good in terms of people having children and? Um, yeah, I can't really comment on the. Publishing industries are overall, but it's mainly women, so okay. it is a much more female industry. It's I've like rarely different flip yeah, yeah, completely. completely isn't it? I've yeah. rarely worked with men. Um, my agents male, my editors female, her boss is female. All the staff around her, actually, yeah, both my editors are female. Um, so I, d- I don't know. I, I've never. Um, I've never sort of looked into. I don't think necessarily being in a female industry necessarily means, though, that you know it changes anything at all. Mm. I think women actually can be harsher than men as well. Um, yeah. Women can be harder on their own. Strangely, you would think that they would be sort of oh so you know oh this is you know much more um, in tune with their sister their their sisters, but not always. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know. I'm not sure about publishing. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a quick fire, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always, you know, we're yeah. um, Since becoming a mum, the biggest challenge has been? Not losing my patience with my children. <laughs> um, being successful means? Being really happy in your life. Um, the creative industries could help parents by? Recognising that their working hours need to probably change in line with what their child care requires yeah and if there's one piece of advice um, you could give a new parent trying to juggle a career what would it be (sighs) hold on tight don't panic (laughs) (laughs) it's never going to be easy um, and you're never failing because every you know there's many have gone before you but I'm not sure I'd have one piece of advice um it would just be not don't beat yourself up brilliant thank you very much it's a pleasure coming in that is absolutely brilliant so that was another pro mum podcast um as always thanks goes to emma stamp um for speaking to me the music on this podcast is called good morning and credit goes to the composer auto binger if you would like to be featured on Pro Mum or know someone who would, then please get in touch at um, the Pro Mum website.